welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, we're in for a real treat. We have America's number one results coach, speaker, two times best-selling author and founder of Changer Results, Sean Shuchuk. Welcome, Sean. I'm excited, not just for the listeners, but for myself, because looking at what you've done over the last years, I'm excited for the takeaways. So, Sean, thank would you like to share a little you. bit about yourself and your business? Well, thank you. It's good to be here. And, and, and I, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know where to start, but I'll, I'll go here. Um, for more years than I care to count, and I joke with people that I had a full head of hair when I started, I've worked with uh, my team and I with almost uh, 12,000 clients. So from the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Europe. Um, and the reality of this is where our focus is, is everybody has achieved something and some more than others. Mm. Uh, but we tend to get caught. And we get caught in one of two things, a time for money trap. Uh, in that exchange, and that yep. caps us. It's you know, it's finite times finite, and then the other side is we work, 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 and with the objective of having some level of freedom at some point in time, uh, but we become addicted to that in a lot of cases. Mm. And so, where we work with, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs, high achievers, and leadership leadership teams. Because listen, at the end of the day, the purpose we go into business for most of us, we go into business for freedom. Yeah. Freedom is defined as the ability to do what you want, when you want, and with whom. And so how do we get there and actually start to enjoy this? Uh, and I share this story. Uh, my dad was killed at a very young age, 61 years old. And he ended up um, going for a walk one morning mm -hmm. and was hit by a car and left on the side of the road. And I share this with you because not to make anyone feel sorry for me or my family, but I share this because uh, here was a, a, an individual who worked exceptionally hard, who mm -hmm. always strove for more and was very frugal by all accounts but never got to enjoy that. And so mm -hmm. one of the things I think that's so vitally important is, um, yes, work hard. Yes, plan for the future. But none of us can predict the future. Yeah. Uh, notwithstanding how amazing and phenomenal your plan is, doesn't mean you're actually going to get there because there are things that happen in your life and mine that we have zero control over. Mm. So let's focus on those things that we do have control over. What can you do today that is going to impact you in a positive way and those around you, including your business? Yeah. You know, I'm, I love that. And that's, it's a terrible story, but especially for you and for the people that you speak with, that really just hits the nail home that we can't, we don't know what's going to happen when we step outside. Like you said, your dad was just going for a walk with mm -hmm. all intents and purpose, was going to live another 30, 35 years to enjoy that. But unfortunately he got stripped out from, from underneath him. Yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting is he had some money in the bank. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, I hopped, I got a phone call that morning and I hopped on a plane and um, I went down, uh, it's about an hour or so flight and then probably an hour and a half drive from that airport. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's always interesting because we started reviewing everything, you know, what, what he'd acquired and, you know, he, he said he retired, but that never really happened. <laughs> and I uh, you know he bought a, he bought an investment property three weeks before he passed. He always had his, his hands into something. And what's interesting is I think in his entire life, he took two holidays. Yeah, so work, 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 and then never really got to enjoy the fruits of the labor. And that's what so many people do. We go head down on the other end in the air because we're intent on this. And the reality of it is retirement in a traditional sense Mm. really doesn't exist anymore because it was created and something that had to become a reality during the Industrial Revolution, where predominantly men, men's bodies were worn out. Yeah. Because it was repetitive activity over and over and over again for 30 or 40 years or whatever that timeline was where they could not function. And so we we then had to create something we know as retirement. Mm. Prior to that, there was no, no such thing as retirement. Yeah, well, I'd, thinking about it, you go all the way back to the to the Stone Age to when we were, were in caves. We didn't just sit down at the end of the at the end of it and go, I'll let everyone else hunt. You still had to go along there until the point where you were physically incapacitated of being able to go out there and do it. And then because you were a burden on the tribe, they'd go, okay, it's, that's it. But yeah, we're now no longer in, in that time. And like you said, it's about getting that work-life balance as well. So how, how have you found that people really achieve that? And especially in the leadership role, because that's who our listeners. I, I don't, are. I don't think there is such thing as a balance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and people look at me funny when I say this because balance is relative. Correct. What yes. you what you define as balance in your life, in your business, in your career, in your family, and obligations, whatever, all those things are that you have to manage on a daily basis. There's no such thing. So for for example, for me as as you know, as an author, as an expert, as a speaker, to say you need to find balance is a challenge. What you need to find is a harmony. And that harmony is going to be different for every single individual. And how you apply that in your life, in your relationships, in your business, whatever that obligation is, is going to be different. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, um, I have I'm I'm behind the curve, and by by most standards, I have two young kids, one eleven, one five, and I made a decision long before I had kids that I would invest as much time as I possibly could with them during the, the these years, mm. and I do now. Does does that impact my business? I'm sure it does. Could I build another hundred and you know fifty million dollar year company? I'm sure I could, but not when I invest a certain amount of time or a great deal of time with my children. I'm not complaining. Mm. Don't take that the wrong way. So it's about finding that harmony. What works best for you, your kids, your wife, your husband, whoever it is in your life and your business. Yeah. And what where we where we tend to, and especially if you're new to the world of entrepreneurship, and I have people still they say this to me, well, well, you know, why why don't you why don't you take off six months of the year, Sean? You own the business, especially if they've never been exposed to entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I say, well, that's not really how well, you're the boss. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But there's still people that depend on you. If you have a staff, there are people that depend on you. If you have clientele base, which you hope, hope you do, because if you're not selling something, you're not in business <laughs> for very long. Um, you, you, you have people that depend on you. You have, you know, my dad, well, I learned many things from him. One of the things I carry with me and how I operate my businesses and, and live my life is the only thing you take with you is your name. Mm. Everything else is technically irrelevant. So when people say, hey, I want to work with Sean Shuchuk, that should mean something. Yeah. Right. And and I'm blessed. Don't get me wrong. I have this happen every day where people reach out to us through, you know, social media and websites and whatever. They phone us, whatever, say, hey, listen, I want to work with you. So mm-hmm. 
this is really important that we start to understand that you can be extremely successful. The truly successful people focus on only three things. If you focus on any more than three things, you're going to fail miserably or not succeed in any of them. Yeah. Okay. So truly successful people have three areas of focus at any given time. It doesn't mean they don't have more than three initiatives. They could have a hundred things in the goal, but they also have people helping them to do that. Yeah. I have more than three things, yeah. but I don't touch more than three things at any given time. So I have three focus. The other side of it is, is truly successful people have a minimum of three sources of income. Yes. Multiple right? streams. Yeah. A hundred percent because this idea, and we've all heard this and we talk about it and it sounds amazing and wonderful. And we go to events and seminars and we read books and we watch podcasts and we, we listen to different shows or, or whatever it is. But the reality is that a vast majority of people, they don't have more than one source of income. And when something happens to it, God forbid, what then happens is people go, oh my gosh, what do I do? I have a family, I have obligations, I have a mortgage, I have a car payment, I have et cetera, et cetera, whatever these things are, what am I going to do when we panic? Yeah. And what we tend to put energy toward or what we focus on, we get more of. So if we're focused on those things that are not serving us or are not moving us in the direction of our goal or objective, we're going to get more of that. And if you want an example that that uh, you know I I think really resonates with most people I get the privilege to work with, if you if you ever have driven a race car or stunt car, and when they when they teach the driver how to do a one eighty, yeah, they teach the driver to focus on where the car is going to end up. Yeah, so right? look, all, don't look towards a wall. No, so what whatever they're doing with the steering wheel and the and the accelerator and the brake, that happens without them. The, the focus yeah. that's an automatic thing they're already looking over their shoulder where the car is going to end up and so often what we're doing is we're looking at what we don't want we're focused on what we don't want well guess what's going to happen now this is not woo-woo stuff right if you want another example and, and you know i i have a a a really good client and his son is about 20 years old and his son ended up taking his dad's car for a drive down a really nice part of the city where they live where there's a lot of restaurants and and bars mm -hmm. and he happened to see a, what he thought was a very pretty young lady. And he was so focused on this young lady walking down the street that his car veered in that direction. He ended up hitting another parked car. That's human nature. When yeah. we focus on something, we move in that direction. Okay. Yeah. So that's a reality for all of us. When we say, okay, what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to structure my life How, when it comes to investment of time? An investment usually or should deliver some kind of a return so where mm. am i going to invest time well i choose to invest it with my family with my wife with my kids and definitely on my business what does it allow me to do it allows me to live the life that i want it allows me to say hey you know what we should take two weeks and go somewhere yeah we should take three weeks and go somewhere we should you know what i've been very blessed and, and i say this with humility a number of years ago i ended up buying uh, a summer place in the rocky mountains and when it's nice out we're there almost every weekend. Why? Yeah. Because what better place for a couple of kids to spend some time and grow up? For sure. Now, this was all done because that's what, you know, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is mm -hmm. the plan we have, and we're going to work toward that. And we did. So everyone has that opportunity. And I want to share something that's very interesting. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, how much education you do, do or don't have, what role you play today in whatever organization, or if you are, you know, toes over the edge uh, waiting to take that plunge. Bob Proctor used to say when he was my coach many years ago, he said, you know, jump off the building and grow wings on the way down. And I don't want you to go up the elevator and actually do that. But the idea is to take that risk and, yeah. and trust the process. Because if you're going to take these steps, there is, you know, you will grow wings. There, There is mm -hmm. something there. 
So I, I think that's, you know, that's really important for anyone who's listening. And I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're sitting at the top of the heap. You know, you're you're the president and CEO or chairman of the board of a Fortune 500 company or whatever it is. Uh, that doesn't mean you've hit the pinnacle unless mm. you've decided that. And the moment we stop learning and the moment we stop growing, we start going the other direction. I, I don't yeah. really want to ever do that. Yeah, no, for sure. And because that, that's what a lot of people don't realize is that there's no such thing as stagnation. You're either growing or you're going backwards one way or the other. Yeah, I think there's a plateau. And, and you know, I, I work with lots of people and for many, many years, notwithstanding what some of my coaches have said over the years, you know, uh, I still do one-on-one -on -one coaching, at least for a little while yet. And in the coaching process, this is an interesting thing. And I tell people this and they look at me funny sometimes. About 99% of the time, they take off and you know when i'm when i'm coaching with somebody i'm on zoom well i'll actually take the the, the whiteboard out and do this where they they grow very quickly there's excitement there's motivation mm. there's and about 90 days maybe four months in they hit this plateau and you will plateau for a brief period of time and and all of a sudden they go oh my goodness i'm investing time energy effort and money and i'm not seeing the results because we live in an instant gratification world we live in a world where if we i want you to think about this this will date me when i was a child if i wanted to um I don't know, communicate with somebody in Australia. I didn't pick up the phone because long distance was too expensive. Mm. So I wrote a letter and I waited for three weeks and the person on the other end received the letter and then they read it. And then in their own time, if they decided to, they wrote a letter back and I waited three weeks for that to come to me. In today's world, we pick up this device and it's instantaneous. We yeah. can communicate with anyone around the world now. And mm. we expect rest of life to be that I, I want to be wealthy. So I, it should be there. Okay. And yeah. there are a lot of us who were born in, in, in into freedom. We were born in Canada, United States, Australia, the UK, wherever it happens to be. And we live a good life. Mm. Okay. And so we have this attitude that because I was born in the country I was born in, it should just automatically come to me. You know, in the US, they call it the American dream. Yeah. Okay. Well, just because you were born in that country doesn't mean it's this. Mm. Okay. Is that available to all of us? 100%. And yes, there are things that go around going on around the world that I, we don't ever want to see happen. Okay, yeah. but I want you to think about this and every single person that's watching and listening to this. We now live in a time that for generations and for centuries, human beings have have, have looked forward to. We, mm. we have the Internet. Yeah. Any single person around the world can hop on the Internet, decide they want to serve and support somebody in a certain way and build a business around it. And you don't have to leave your own home. I'm going to say it'd be easy. I didn't say you wouldn't have challenges. I didn't say you wouldn't even have some failures. But there are tons of people that do it every day. Yeah. And then when you make the decision, it need, whatever it is, I'm going to work with Sean. I'm going to build a business. Whatever that decision is, it needs to be irrevocable. That means, very simply put, you never go back. Mm. You never rescind that decision. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be challenges. Yeah. But embrace the challenge. Well, and listen, failure is sometimes, I'm not saying seek it out, but if you are facing it, embrace it because it is your tuition. You're mm. not going to go back and do that same thing over again. Oh, 100%. And I love exactly where you're going with this because my background as well is like sports. As I've got the boxing gloves there. I, I did MMA. I did jiu-jitsu, wrestling, all that sort of stuff, rugby league. And each time it's about, like you said, failing. It's not failing unless you quit. But you learn, you grow, and you evolve every time that you get tapped out or when you get punched, you know that you, you have to get your hands up and head moving. And it's those tough times that I've found both in sports and in business as well. 
where that's when you really learn more about yourself is during the tough times. It's true. And, and it, let me put this out there. There, there are people that still come to me this day and think that there's a magic pill. The pixie dust is going to fly yeah. to my fingertips and magically they're just going to eat hundred percent. That's going to land in their lap. Mm-hmm. And there is no get rich quick scheme. There is the, that, that pie in the sky idea doesn't exist. And you will, and you, you said this a moment ago, you will get punched. Yeah. And it's not whether or not you get punched. It's what you do when you get punched. Yes. And I think that's the key behind this because most people, when they face those trials, when they face that punch, they quit. Mm. They're like, you know what? This is too much. I can't deal too, with this. Too hard. My pretty face. Whatever it is, hundred yeah. percent. They find a reason. And and let's be very clear: we're hardwired to default to the negative. Mm. If you want an example of this, watch watch the the lead up commercials or ads on television before a newscast. They sensationalize whatever that lead story is, so that we're so intrigued that we have to tune in. Yeah, they stick around, stick around to watch someone that's failing. And let me be clear about something. I'm not minimizing anybody when there's, you know, there's an illness or there's an accident or there's a loss of life or anything like this. But I want to be very clear about something. Generally speaking, watching the news does is not good news and it's not really going to affect your life in any major way. Mm. Okay. And I haven't watched the news. Yeah. You know, I I stay abreast of what's going on because, you know, I'm connected to this thing. But the reality of it is I don't have, you know, in my home, I have televisions, but I don't have cable or anything like that and i haven't had for i don't know probably a decade and a half um there's nothing good that comes from it yeah okay so where do we invest time we we should we all should invest time in those things that are going to produce the results we need want desire and ultimately deserve that the results that or, or the activities that move us in the direction of our goal or objectives mm. now people say to me oh sean i've been hearing about goals my whole life ah they don't work But I I think there's an interesting point here. There is only one purpose for a goal. That's one word. It's growth. Mm. Because if you know how to do something, it's not a goal. If you generated $100,000 last year, and then your goal for next year is $100,000, that's not a goal. You already know how. Yeah. Okay? So a, a goal is about growth. It should motivate, inspire, and scare you all at the same time. And if it doesn't, it's not a goal. Yeah, no big enough. I've had people sit down with me and when they make the decision to work with me one-on-one, they say, Sean, I'm ill. I literally feel like I have to go to the bathroom and throw up. And I know it's a graphic thing to say, but it's true. Why? Because it's growth. Yeah. If you want to stagnate, stay where you are and do nothing. If you want to grow, you have to do something dramatically different. And if you have to doubt something, doubt failure. Yeah. Because that that's a biggest killer of lot is the fear of failure is the fear of what if people are going to laugh at me because, and it's funny that you said about the, when people come to um, get coached by you, how they go, Oh, I feel physically sick. And it took me back to wrestling and my wrestling training as well. I'd, I'd be nervous. And this wasn't even a wrestling match. This was just wrestling training. I I was worried. I'd get myself worried. What are we going to do today? And when I would get to the point of being sick, I'd come back and I would think that my coach would go, Okay, sit back, David. And he just goes, no, you've moved the fence. You've moved the barrier. So now we're going to keep, like like you said before, once you get past that, you don't go back. You just keep moving it forward, edging it forward, edging it forward. 
I'm going to change gears for a second, but I think there's, you've made a couple of points and I want to go to something. Mm. Um, and, and I'll throw a question out to you because, you know, obviously you talk to a lot of people and you engage with a lot of people. What do you think we allow to control our lives in today's world? I don't care where you live. That's not relevant. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it from my perspective is fear, is people where they go, what what if this doesn't work? How and Fear of embarrassment, fear of it not working. Fear of all these different elements. That's an impediment. You're right about that. And fear, by the way, just as a, a side note, fear does not exist outside your head. There's mm. no fear out here, right? It's something that we come up with or we're conditioned. We make it up. Okay. But, but external from us, what do we allow to control our lives every day? That, that's a tough one because I'll go, well, it's not time. Oh, yes. See, yeah, because my mind just... Because it's there in front of us all the time, I jumped over that. When it when it vibes, it rings. It whatever you program it to do, we run. Mm. And we, it doesn't matter what we're doing. Okay, you can be in the bedroom doing your thing with your spouse, and that thing goes off, and the first place your head goes is, "I wonder who's texting me." Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now you may not go and check right away because you know you'd be in the doghouse. <laughs> However, the the reality of it is that's where we go. Why? Because it's instant gratification. And this thing, listen, in the Western world today, the average person is productive four out of 24 hours. And a lot of times I ask leadership teams, you were talking about leadership at the top of the show. And I, and I say to them, listen, if we could get one more hour out of each one of your team members every day of high output, high leverage output, high, high productivity, what would it do for your bottom line at the end of the fiscal year? You're like, oh my gosh, Sean, where do I, why? Because that's always the dilemma. How yeah. do we get more up? And not that people aren't working. We're distracted yeah. by everything. Facebook, text messages, Instagram, whatever, Snapchat, whatever other one we happen to be on. And we're on there. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be on social media. That's not where I'm going. I'm not going to, that's not the hill I'm going to die on anytime soon. Okay. But what I'm saying to you is, is I mean, there are people today. So when I work one-on-one, I only take on five one-on-one clients at any given time. And they have access to me through this thing. And there are there's the odd time where I'll get a text message at 9.30 in the morning because somebody wants to talk to me. And mm -hmm. I'll be, I don't know, back-to-back -back meetings or coaching meetings for, say, three hours or four hours. And lunchtime comes around. And I'll go check my phone because I don't take, I don't answer calls when I'm on a meeting. Yeah. And I'll go check my phone and I'll see there's 16 text messages from one person. I need to talk to you. It's really important. Did it... And I'll phone them. I'm like, good afternoon. How are you? And I'll do it as calmly as I can with intention. I'm like, oh my goodness, where are you? Did you know? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Has someone died? And I'm being a little bit, you know, funny with this, but there's a reality here. And I'm not trying to make light of anything, but we, when something we believe is important, the whole world needs to come to a stop. Mm. Now, never in almost 12,000 clients that we've worked with, has there ever been an emergency so bad that it had to be responded to in six seconds? Not one time. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm not saying it didn't need to be responded to that day. I'm just saying it didn't need to be responded. Okay. Because human nature is when we have a problem, we make it everyone else's problem in our circle of influence. Mm. If they'll listen to us. Yeah. Okay. So what controls your life? You need to make the decision. Every single person watching and listening to this, make a decision that this is an ex not an extension of your hand, but you make a decision when you respond. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to share something interesting with you. If you look at some of the younger generations, the ones that are 
10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 right now. They all have these. Every single one has a phone. But you know what? They don't always respond like this. The novelty that is there for some of us and that addiction, yeah, they're on there playing games, doing your thing. But this is not the same. Why is yeah. that? Because it's it's the norm. For yeah. some of us who are in our 30s, 40s, 50s, etc., this thing is a novelty still, mm. right? And we feel that, well, I don't know, compunction to respond right away. Yeah. Now, don't get me the wrong way. If I'm not on a call or in a meeting or something, I'll respond. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What I think, though, is we have to stop letting that device control our lives. If you're in the middle of something important, you're having dinner with your family, you're spending time with your better half, whoever, whatever that may be, doesn't th that this is not a priority. Mm. Right. So yeah. make a decision what your priority is when it comes to what controls you on a day to day, hour by hour basis. Yeah. And then you extend that and say, what's the priority I focus on in my life, business, career and relationships? Yeah. Okay. Because I have people, I had a lady come to me one time. She had 16 pages um, of size 11 font. And that was, this was apparently her priority list. I said, it's not a priority list. Mm. That many. List. Yeah, you'll never get through it either. It's a to-do list you'll never get through. And here's something interesting. The word priorities is a plural. That word, did the plural word didn't exist until about 200 years ago in the English language. It mm. was always priority. Just one thing. Singular, 100%. Yeah. So we've created something that is that is unmanageable, untenable. You, you never, ever, ever get to a place where you focus on priorities. Now, one of the things we say is most human beings can focus on three things. So what are those top three things you're going to, I did a journal. You can go to highproductivitystore.com if you want to. It's called your freedom, your freedom planner. And it talks about high leverage activities. And every day it's HLA, three HLAs. What are the three high leverage activities you're going to focus on today? Mm. And those three activities are the things that, that move the needle, move you in the direction of your goal or objective. Right. And then as you go through the day, it asks you at the end of the day, you know, did you did you accomplish it? Was it deferred? And how long was it deferred for? So there's an accountability behind those activities you've committed to doing. Yeah. Right. Where most people get up in the morning, the first thing they do is put out fires because there's no plan. So maybe it's their desk or maybe it's their truck or their van or whatever they work out of. And they and it's fires because there's what do I do? Well, the, the first thing. The first thing that pops up is usually a fire because you haven't dealt with something in the past. And the secondly, we do the things that we like to do and the things that we don't relish get relegated to some other, I don't know, the back of the desk, the back of the wherever. And they become the fires we end up spending our time putting out because we didn't deal with them when we were supposed to. Yeah. So what are those high leverage activities you need to focus on every day? And they don't, they're not the same necessarily every day. Mm. Right. And if we start to understand that that's where we start, those three. One of the things I think that that most people tend to forget about is the fact that time tends to go really, really quickly. And we get head down on the other end and they are buried in something, whether it's watching videos, whether it's uh, doing some work. And sometimes the things we engage in aren't the things that are the, of highest productivity. So get clear on what's going to move the needle. If mm -hmm. you're, you know, depending what you are, let's say you own a business, there's going to be a portion of your time that's dedicated to business generation. Well, you can only do that during business hours. That's harvest time for you. You know, if we use the analogy of a farmer, you know, if we, we, for example, we take a grain farmer and we'll use, I'm in Canada. So we'll use this example in, you can, you can drive about six minutes from my front door and you're going to be in the middle of grain fields. And if we wait till the snow comes, the grain is garbage. Yeah. Just turn it under. Okay. So you only have a small window. 
when you're in business for yourself, no matter what your business is, the vast majority of businesses, you can't, you can't reach out and talk to clients at 10 o'clock in the evening. Mm. So you have this window from say eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning to four or five in the afternoon. Now you may stretch that a little bit here or there, or go for a dinner meeting or whatever you do. But generally speaking, that's the time. So leverage that time for those, those outward facing activities. Yeah. Uh, Dan Kennedy says about 70% of your time, who's one of the considered one of the best, if not the best marker in the world, 70% of your time should, should be invested in, in business generation activities. Yeah. The needle move is like we said before. We do it the other way. Most people are focused on the del deliverable. So for example, we use coaching. Okay. Now I'm not necessarily a fan of the word coach or coaching because I think there's a stigma, not necessarily a good one attached to it over the last two years, mm. but somebody will go to some event. They'll sit in a hotel ballroom for Saturday and a Sunday or whatever it is. And some, some guy at the front of the room will tell them they can do amazing things coaching and he's not wrong or she's not wrong. Yeah. And then at the end of the weekend, they give them this little certificate saying that they're a certified coach in some modality. And the person leaves high on life that they're going to change the world and they have the certification. But what they were never taught is how to build a business. Mm. They were never shown how to take this knowledge, skill, education, experience, and propel it upward. And the first thing they say is, well, I'm not a salesperson. I can't sell sales, a dirty word. And we get caught in this. So, of course, yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. And I want to be very clear about something. You, you cannot be an effective coach by taking 16 hours of training in some ballroom summer. That's not going to work, just to be no. very clear. Yeah this when you start to understand the approach to what it takes to accomplish more to to collapse time frames it's about walking hand in sand and side by side with somebody to avoid potholes and collapse time frames it's about working with somebody who understand who understands what it takes to accomplish more to build a multi-million dollar company yeah. to build strong powerful and high trust relationships to focus on the things you want need desire and deserve to get to a place where every step you take moves you in the direction of your goal or objective. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't going to be challenges or things that pop up over the course of time. But what it means is, is you minimize that. Yeah. And there is a way, and people look at me funny when I say this and I use these words, there is a way to get to where you want to go in less time. And that way is coaching. Why? Yeah, coaching, mentoring. Because somebody's been there. Somebody's yeah. done it. So you don't have to make all the mistakes. Yeah. And it's a brilliant way to do it is to learn from other people's mistakes and don't have that, like, like I was watching a video with you before as well, where people go, oh, but Sean, you're, you're the top. Who do you get coached by? Oh, Sean, you're the, but you mentioned that you still have coaches, you still have mentors. So it's about that continuous growth in every element. Listen, I invest probably about $150,000 a year on myself. And I'm not talking about clothes or jewelry or watches or cars, or nothing. I'm talking about becoming, yeah, hundred percent. And on December the 1st, I get on a plane and I fly for four and a half hours and I spend two days with my coach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and why? Because if I up level who I am, how I function, how I think, how I operate, I am that much better when I get the privilege to work with you or someone else. Mm, definitely. Right. And that's, that's what it's about. Again, you talked about this a moment ago. Stagnation doesn't really happen. Yeah. You plateau for a little bit, but if you're not, uh, constantly learning, constantly growing. If you're not seeking out new information and absorbing it, you go the other direction. And I don't really want to know what's down there. So yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll no, leave no, that it's, yeah, it's a long fall down there. So you just want to avoid that. And Sean, I'm very conscious of the time. So just what I love to ask people as well is what's some advice. Let's say you can go back a little time back to a 15 year old Sean. What's some advice that you would give, give to that Sean? 
well, first I'd like to have a full head of hair like you know. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know something? I think sometimes in life we take life, and at least for me, I took life very seriously. I wanted to, I wanted to be, and I think all young people are this way. I watch my own children and, and you know, other kids. Um, mm. We want to be older faster. I remember being 19 or 20. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the 15 for a second, 19 or 20, and wishing that I had a little bit of gray hair because when I walked into companies and boardrooms and wanted to have a conversation <laughs> with them, but they went, get out of here. You're a kid. I remember yeah. being about 20 or 21 years old and, um, you know, knocking on doors because I had to pay Bob Proctor. And I had this guy grab me by the shoulder, literally throw me out the front door of his office onto the street um, because I was a kid. Right mm. now, I, people smile when I say this, but I used to, and this goes back a few years. I used to be really good at walking to an office, and they have you know the little rack on the on the reception desk of all the business cards. And before the receptionist could say hi, can I help you, sir? I was fast enough to find out who the decision maker was and ask for that person by name. Um, and you know, a lot of times get the opportunity. This is going back twenty five or twenty eight years here, but um, that's that's a reality. Um, at fifteen, yeah, you know what? Be that be that person and grow. Um, but don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, don't want to be older than you are. And I say this to myself because I, I yeah, you know, and yeah, it happens so go, quick. go, go have fun, start a business, run a business, but yeah. you know, have some fun in life. Yeah, for sure. And that comes back as well to what you mentioned about five or 10 minutes ago about priorities, about being able to have those priorities and just three things, three things. Three. Don't you spread yourself too thin because yeah, if you spread yourself too thin, like you said, you're constantly just setting out fires and not moving the needle in business as we all aim to do. And 100%. And let me be very clear about something. You go, you're referring to that and we go back to the 15-year-old thing for a second. Yep. Um, it, the relationships. Listen, life, your life and every single one of us on planet Earth, your life is predicated on two things. One, the decisions you make. Yeah. Two, the relationships you build, nurture, and establish. That's it. That yeah. is it. And that is the only two things. So relationships are everything. And I'm not necessarily talking about a romantic relationship, although that's certainly part of it. Um, mm. But build those relationships. I'm very privileged that I have friends that I have known my entire life. Yeah. Right? That literally that, I, you know, I, I, I can phone up tomorrow and I've known them for, you know, decades. Mm. And I think it's important to have that kind of support system. Now, there are certainly people that I don't hang out with anymore. And there's a reason for that. Now, I didn't say, hey, I don't want to talk to you anymore. But as you grow and as you become that person, intentionally become that person it was always intended for you to become, there are people that you won't talk to as much anymore because they're not growing and they're stagnating. Yeah. And also, a lot of times, I know, like, I'm very much the same. I have people from school that I can pick up the phone with, and it's like we've never, never left. But then there's other people where it's intentional, where you you don't want to associate them because they they constantly pull you down as well. And you don't need that anchor holding you back. I have in my first book called Change Your Mind, Change Your Results, it's been out for a number of years now. I tell a story about a family member and God bless this person. They're an amazing person. However, they live differently than I do. They live in this space where everything is bad. Mm. Everyone is out to get them. The whole world sucks. Um, I remember one Christmas, uh, we were supposed to have dinner at this individual's place. And something happened to the sewer pipes under the home and it froze and broke in the sewer. And, you know, we went somewhere else for the Christmas dinner, another relative. And this individual was telling me how it was all over. They were going to lose their home because insurance wasn't going to cover the, the break and the cleanup and how this happened on Christmas. Of course, you can't talk to anyone at Christmas mm. Day. 
um, how they were going to lose the house because insurance would cover it. And it was on unha- None of this was mater- materialized. It was all garbage. It was yeah. all just something that this individual concocted. Now, yeah. you know, come the 27th of December, insurance company was called. They took care of the problem. They cleaned it up. They repaired it. Everything was fine. There was no issues. But this is how some people choose, and it's an intentional decision. Mm-hmm. It's it's conscious. Choose to live their life. And I I said to my wife, uh, and I my my oldest was quite young at the time. I said, you know what? We're leaving. And we hadn't had Christmas dinner yet. And mm-hmm. I wished everyone a Merry Christmas and I left. I choose not to put myself into a place where the whole world is is negative. Now I'm not saying there aren't negative things. There are things going around going on in the world today that I would never wish on anyone, and they are not positive. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you have to immerse yourself in them. Yeah, you don't have to live there. You don't have to yeah, be surrounded by it. Nope. And that, that's a great place as well for, like you said, to get your kids out of that environment because they're, they're little sponges. They're constantly taking everything on board. A child is, their, their, their mind is open until about the age of 22. Yeah. So I've so got an 11-year-old, so I've still got a bit of time left. Hundred percent. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect, and I'm sure I have my share of <laughs> mistakes and failures over the years. Um, but you know, it, what's interesting is I was dry. I drove my 11 year old to school. It's probably about a month and a half or two months ago, and um, we were sitting in the parking lot at the school just before he had to go inside. He said, "Hey, Dad, are you going to make me go to college or university?" I said, "Well, I'm not going to make you do anything." He says, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'll just work for you then, um, or with you, I guess." He said, "But you, you know, it, it's interesting how." When, when a child grows up in, in a different environment, what that conditioning looks like. Because let's be mm-hmm. clear about something. The decisions that most of us make today are not our own. They've been handed off to us. It's conditioning. Those decisions are based on conditioning from parents, educators, and religious influence if we had them as we grew up. Mm-hmm. Unless you make a conscious decision to change that paradigm or paradigms, uh, by the way, a paradigm is nothing more than a group of habits. And again, very typically yeah. not our own. Usually, you know, that's that conditioning. Um, unless you make a conscious decision and take the steps to make that change, then you still are making decisions that mom and dad would make. God mm. bless them. I'm sure they're great people. Yeah. You know, right? I, I and they agree did the best with, with what they could. You don't have to do the same thing. No, because well, everything's moved so quickly since we were kids. That if we go with the same mindset that that our parents had, that our grandparents had, we'd be stuck in the old ages. I was about twenty years old. My grandmother said to me, "Your your grandfather was a cop, Sean, and you should be a cop." That's and I want you to hear this. This is interesting. That's our now. I love my grandmother. She's long, long, long past. But that's our lot in life. That's who we are. And she said, "Get in the car." And I was always, you know, I grew up. You respect your elders. Yeah. And I went and got in the car and she drove me to police headquarters in the city at the time where I was and where she lived. And she said, go upstairs to the recruiting unit and I want you to apply. Now, I didn't make it. Um, They had uh, some policies around who they were hiring and what they wanted to do with their workforce at that point in time. And at the time, I was frustrated because here I am. I I was born here. I speak Mm -hmm. fluent English. I read and write fluent English. Uh, And I didn't make it. I didn't make it. And it was that was my challenge was that that's who I was. They didn't want Mm -hmm. me. However. I'm really grateful that I didn't get on because I would have been one upset cop walking around for 25 years waiting for that pension. And the last thing you want is some guy who's, you know, angry at life with a gun on his hip. So, um, (laughs) you know, there's a reality to that. Um, I have had the privilege over the past, you know, almost 30 years of impacting, positively impacting thousands of lives, working with people from recording artists 
and people from the NFL and the NHL and the NBA, from Hollywood, actors and actresses, uh, businesses from mom and pop all the way up to some of the biggest companies in the world, their, their, their leadership teams. And, and I share this because those experiences wouldn't have happened if I had just got, gone and become a cop. Now, I'm not knocking mm -hmm. anyone that, that serves or has served in a capacity like that. I take my hat off to them. I respect them every day for putting their life on the line, doing the things mm -hmm. they do. But for me, it, it would not have been a positive thing. Yeah. Right. And so everything does happen for a reason. And that, you know, that, that, that letter I got that said, Hey, you know, you're gone. Um, so many years ago was a good thing in hindsight, of course, at the time I was a little frustrated. In disguise. And, and I think that's something that, that all of us need to really embrace. There are things that happen on a daily basis that you can't explain. Mm. Right. But they do happen for a reason. Yeah. Well, that, that takes me to, and I know this is going off track, um, injuries from football, from arm wrestling, from fighting, which have changed my direction to where I'm at today. In that moment, you don't want to suffer through the broken arm, the knee reconstructions, or the broken bones, but it changes your trajectory in life. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, and Without the experiences, you wouldn't be who you are. No, definitely. And you wouldn't meet the people as well that really mold you, positively mold you to be that person. You're right. You're right. Mm. Sean, and yeah, like I said, I, I could keep talking to you for so long. I'm very conscious of the time. So, and how can people get in contact with you and who would be your ideal client as well? Uh, well, thank you for asking. Uh, so first, I want to suggest something. There, uh, if you go to highproductivitystore.com, uh, that's our store. And there's, there's uh, uh, my first book that came out, Change Your Mind, Change Your Results. I alluded to it earlier. Um, there's one that came out fairly recently called Daily Motivation. And there's one page for every day of the year. Um, mm. And it really is about starting your day in the right way. It's really about starting your day focused on what those things are that are going to, that are, that are going to move the needle, that are going to move you the direction of your goal objective, that are going to cause you to focus on the things, no matter what's going on around you, that are going to cause you to focus on the things that produce the results you need, want, desire, and ultimately yeah. that you deserve. Um, and then I encourage you to get a copy of the, and I really do, not because I make a whole lot of money on this, and I, I promise you this isn't. Uh, I think we, we pay for them. Uh, it's called Your Freedom Planner, and it's a little black book with an elastic around it, and there's one day for every day of the year, and it really goes through those high leverage activities, those things that are going to move you forward. It mm. holds you accountable, and every week you can go back and say, okay, what did I accomplish, and how do I ensure that the following week I get more of it? And you know, this, this was this was done out of necessity for myself. Um, thousands and thousands of copies have been sold because people, we're all the same. Mm. At the core, we're all the same. And when we know that there's more, and we're, they, we know that we can accomplish more, but we need some of those tools to get there, this is one of those tools. I, encur I encourage you to do that. Um, you can go to changeyourresults.com. You can find me on social media, of course, all over. You can punch me into Google. I'm everywhere. Um, and um, the ideal client, listen, um, we have a brand new, uh, I'll, I'll say this, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a class, but uh, uh, for coaching. Um, this is this is a program where you get to work with me, uh, you get to work with our team, um, and you instead of this being a cookie cutter approach where we say, hey, we're going to talk about marketing today, and we're going to talk about whatever it is, you know, whatever the topic of the day is, we're actually going to focus on those things that are pertinent to you and your business, and mm. you get the opportunity to interact with the other participants in this. So there's a peer mentorship component, or what you know some call a mastermind component, yeah. um, but it's structured. And then you get to work with me. I have had the privilege of starting, running, profiting from 44 different companies. 
Um, the one constant is, oh, I was a coach before there was such a thing as coaching. Um, we have worked with thousands of people around the world. And one of the keys behind this is, is understanding that it doesn't matter what business you're in. People say, well, you know, have you ever worked with somebody who is in this business or that business? Listen, the fundamentals of business never change. Mm -hmm. If you aren't selling, you aren't in business. And I know it's a blunt, direct statement, but there's a reality to it. Yeah. If you want to grow, you have to scale. And you cannot scale until you know what you should not be doing. Yes. Okay. So the ideal client is somebody who's achieved something. They've done well. And they say, you know what? I know there's more. I know I can do it. But and there's this glass ceiling. And I can see through it. Okay. I just, yeah. So it's about, it's about punching through Smashing it. But doing through. it the way that, that there's sustainability and growth. So doing it the right way right? We're instead of seeing peaks and valleys, and this is what, you know, a lot of people do, they go, okay, you know, I'm going to get clients and they go sell, 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 and they get clients. And then they, they get engaged in the deliverables, whatever that happens to be. And they're not doing the sales and the marketing. So all of a sudden those, those clients, those contracts, those agreements, whatever are done, and they take this dive. Well, what happens when you do this, if you are not focused uh, and properly focused on a constant flow, you end up doing peaks and valleys. And one time what will happen is you go so far down into a valley, you don't come out. Yeah, you just put your hands up and goes, enough. That's right, yeah. 100%. So you know what? Uh, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I work with a lot of leadership teams. People say, you know what? I've got, you know, I've got 20, 100, 500, 2,000, 20,000 employees. Um, how do we, you, you can listen to me very carefully. This is important and for those watching right now. If you have a culture, so you have a little bit of a larger corporation, it could be 10, 20, 100, 500, 5,000. 20,000, doesn't matter. There's a culture. You cannot yeah. replace a culture. And there are people that come in, you know, there's a mergers and acquisitions. There's a new executive team. There's a new chairman. There's a new president. CEO. we're going to change. You can't. You have to actually shift it. And it doesn't, and this is one of the things you alluded to, it doesn't happen overnight, yeah. right? You, you have to be able to work together. And this idea, and it's somewhat of an old school idea, but I still see it, where communication flow is just one direction. Okay. Yeah. You need to have a, a rationalized communication flow where you get to understand what's going on. Not just if you're in that C-suite sitting up there, there's, there's more than just that. And I think that's a big part of this. One of the things I do when I get to work with companies and, and teams and divisions of companies is actually having conversations with the employees. Mm. You'd be shocked what comes out when there's trust. Yeah. Yeah. Building and that most, trust is. And so most employees valuable. do not trust their boss. Mm -hmm. Most employees do not trust their boss, which is a sad place to be, but it's a fact. Mm -hmm. And Definitely. so they will tell me things as long as they know I'm not going to go running upstairs and say, do you know what David said? <laughs> right. That's, that's a reality. And so sometimes it takes three or four months for that to establish. And all of a sudden things start coming out and it's incredible what happens when you start making the shifts and people go, Oh my goodness, they, they heard me. Mm -hmm. They know, you know, what you validate grows, whether it's in your personal life or on a team. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And it's in yeah, creating that two-way street. But trust is such a big, big thing in companies, especially. How can you expect them to perform if they don't trust the boss, if they don't trust the process? Strong, strong powerful, and high-trust relationships. Yeah. And that, that's the reality. If that's where we leave the show today, relationships is everything. Strong, powerful, high-trust. It can be your marriage. It can be your children. It can be clientele. It can be internal within an organization, a team. Strong, powerful, and high-trust relationships is the determinant between real success and whether mm -hmm. or not you actually start on the road to success. Yeah, it's a massive difference. And that 
that's a powerful, powerful way to finish off the show. So Sean, I just want to thank you so much for spending the time with me and with the listeners and giving us so much value. As I said before, I could have kept going and kept going, but I'm conscious of, of your time as well. But Sean, thank you very much for being a great guest. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful chief operations officer, human resource manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au. P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.